Hey, husband. Yes, wife. How do you tell the difference between a dog and a tree? Ow. It's all in their bark. Wow. Welcome, everyone, to Random Thoughts. I'm wife. And I'm husband. And we are here to bring you the gaming news of the day and our thoughts on some spooky, scary skeletons since husband keeps playing it over and over and over again. What's more amazing to me at the end of the day is that you claim to be this humongous Disney fan and yet I'm the person that heard of it. Are you sure it's Disney? It I, sure looks like it. I think it looks like generic cartoon from the 1930s and 40s, personally. Just throwing that out there. Whatever you say, wife. Anyway. It also was kind of a humongous meme on all those websites. Well, I miss things occasionally. Um, or, you know, all the time. But anyway, um, we have a lot of fun ideas today, I would say, in honor of uh, the month that is October. And we also have some news for the day. So we do have a lot of news today. It's well, been... Two weeks since you looked at me. Every time. I fall, like I fall into that trap every time, and I just... You know, at this point, it's like watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon, and they dig a hole, and then they put, like, four leaves over it. You know what? <laughs> I would probably still fall in. This is like an Elmer Fudd-level trap. Anyway. Um, so we do have some news for the day. Some of it is our news, some of it is other people's news. So let's start with what I'm most excited about is the fact that we finally figured out YouTube. We finally figured out a way to edit films and not have it implode. And by we, I mean husband figured it out, but I did a fair amount of the work. Well, you did all of the editing. So part of our issue prior to this was the software we were using apparently is garbage. Yeah, um, crashed... I'm trying to remember how frequently it crashed, but it would be once every three and a half minutes was, like, that was the longest. And it wouldn't always went. save things, so it's not as simple as, oh, we'll just save before it crashes. Sometimes it, you wouldn't know it didn't save. Or, like, you'd hit save and that's what caused it to crash. So, for those of you who are doing or are more familiar with editing software, it's, from what I can surmise, it must have been trying to render at the same time. So that's why it was so resource intensive? Maybe, or maybe it was just crap. Either way, um, we do have a new f form, and we are up and running, and so please go over and check us out on YouTube under Random Thoughts. Yep. Unfortunately, until everybody out there starts subscribing to us, you need 100 subscribers before you can get a custom YouTube yeah. link. So for now, it's just random string of numbers and letters. Yes. So, um... Look us up on YouTube under the search bar, and when you find the dinosaur around the R, that's us. Well, we'll try and get a YouTube link into the show notes as well yes. so that people can head over there. As an aside, we do have a bunch of other content up there. Obviously, mm -hmm. as wife was saying, we just loaded up our very first iteration of Grudge Match. Yes, So we have. if you want to see more of this content or other video content or whatever, definitely hit us up either on Twitter at RandThoughtPod at our Gmail. Uh, RandomThoughtsPodcast at gmail.com. Or on Facebook, wherever you feel comfortable, Discord, whatever. But definitely let us know because 
Well, up to this point, we were actually talking about it before the show that in the, I guess, going on two years that we've been doing it, we have, I think, total, like, five interactions, <laughs> ultimately. Yeah, so we would love to hear from you guys, um, and that way it helps us a lot because we want to know if what you want to hear, if you are feeling inundated with podcasts, if you want to see more videos, if you are not a video person, you want to read more articles, let us know what you want to do. Speaking of articles... Um, we do have a new article up. Our very own Woodrow has um, gracefully written an article over at randomsthoughts.wordpress.com. So we won't spoil it, but definitely go check it out. Uh, Woodrow has been putting a lot of effort into each of these article series for us, and I think word on the street is he has some in the pipeline as well. So Yeah, he definitely does. Um, I was talking to him about that the other day. So really excited to see what he has coming up. Um it's always fun to get his perspective on things because Absolutely. husband and I might talk each other to death outside of the podcast. So it's nice to get a fresh view. A well, fresh and of course, he's the reigning world champion, so it's good True to hear story. what his thoughts on, are yes. on the game. So what else do we have news-wise, wife? Well, let's go on the Woodrow line. So um, for those of you who are in uh, the Retro Wow TCG group, a few people um, were recently asking... If other people were getting together at any other point throughout the year. Now, husband and I will be at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia. Nothing official. Just, hey, if you are there and you want to bring a random deck, let us know and we will bring random decks. It's really easy for us to bring decks. Yep. Um, we could even t probably go home to get decks and come back, but that would be a pain in the butt. So don't make us do that. Let us know beforehand. If possible, yeah. Um, but... Uh, Woodrow has unofficially, officially... I guess he let um, it slip? Yeah, he... Is that what you call it? Well, he said that it was going to happen, but he, this, he said that it's happening, but, but that he's not making an official announcement yet. So, so he's one of those. He's making an announcement of an announcement. Yes, yes. The announcement of the announcement one of... One of those. Um, the fact that he is going to host a WoW tournament at Origins this year. Which, uh, for those of you that don't know, Origins is a huge tournament out in Ohio. Well, it's not a tournament. It's, a, well, it's another it's a convention. Huge convention. So the, the history of it is, I, th well, it has a, a long storied history, I guess, at this point. But it is overall the smaller of the two conventions compared to Gen Con. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, it, it's still a very, very large tabletop gaming convention as wife said, in Ohio, and it's something that I've wanted to try and go to for a number of years, so Woodrow's event being on the event calendar is definitely a big draw for me, because I'm very interested and always want to play more WoW. It's very tempting to actually go to Ohio. Yeah, um, they, not a sentence I thought I'd say. Right? But... <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's uh, a huge temptation there for us. Um, it might just be husband this year, but maybe we can get both of us if this planets align ever so nicely, to quote one of my favorite Disney movies. Um, so check out the Retro Wow TCG for more news on uh, Woodrow's upcoming tournament, and he also has not leaked what he's doing um, tournament-wise. He does plan on having a few different events there. 
So keep pestering him on the Retro Wow TCG to get that out there. Yeah, we definitely want to get hyped for it and get excited for it, although it is a while out. It is yes. not until June, so we do have a few months between now and then. This is true. I just I feel like June is right around the corner, and then it'll be time for Gen Con again, and, you know, I'm, I'm ignoring the fact that winter happens. Yeah, if only we could time travel. Like. Um... But then we would miss so much testing. Anyway, um, and then husband has a new venture up that I'm trying to help with, but I'm inept with. Uh, we have a live stream. Yeah, we've mentioned this before um, on other shows, and you may have seen it go up. So I've been working with Scott Landis, who a few of you WoW people out there may recognize. Yes, a few of you might have gotten your butts kicked by Scott Landis in the past. Yeah, so Scott is a... Bigger name from the WoW TCG community, obviously made a splash in a number of other games as well, including mm -hmm. Magic before WoW and then Star Wars Destiny since then, and probably a bunch of other games in between here and there. But he and I have been working together with a live stream that we've been calling Tech Talk over at twitch.tv slash house of random. So yes. that's the Random's Thoughts Twitch channel, but we've been hosting a weekly show that we're going to try and keep going, kind of like this show, but... We just live stream it and talking about the Transformers TCG. So going forward, we're going to try and do other stuff. And again, if people want to see more video, whether it's YouTube or they want to see live streamed WoW stuff, definitely let us know with any of our social media stuff. Again, RandThoughtPod on Twitter or at Random our, Thoughts Podcast at Gmail. Or, you know, wherever. Hit us up so that we know where and what kind of content people would prefer. Yeah, we're definitely looking for as much feedback as we can so we know what to keep doing. So, um, that being said, uh, like husband has said before, um, we really are looking to see what everybody wants. Um, we've noticed that um, everybody's lives are getting busy and uh, we're noticing that we can't get as many of you as we would like, so if you want to hear certain things, let us know. If you um, are looking for a specific type of content that we can create for you, let us know. If anything that you want, let, please just keep reaching out so we can custom tailor our WoW feedback. Well, for the majority of this, we're doing it for fun. We enjoy talking about the game, and we hope everybody out there enjoys listening to us or watching us or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, we do want to produce things that people actually want to continue listening to, watching, etc. So, like Wife was saying, just hit us up with some feedback, let us know where you'd like us to take things. To that end, it kind of segues into what we were going to talk about today, which Wife started out with spooky, scary skeletons. Yes! So, one of the things that came up relatively recently was somebody hit us up in Discord and said, hey, do you have any Scourge lists? Well, it's the month of October, All Hallows' Eve is coming up, and it just seemed like as good a time as any to talk both, I guess, the grayish-blue team yeah. and the gray... We'll call it the gray team. And then, I don't know, what, what, did the demons... Because they were... The, the old demon heroes purple? were gold. Like, they were oh. gold-bordered because they were That's neutral true. heroes. Yeah. But the but, gold team doesn't quite sound right. Anyway... I our, don't know. I mean, most of them are have a purplish hue. I don't know I, that. In my well, mind, they, they all have a purple issue, mainly because everyone should be Illidan or they should try to be. No, no one should ever be Illidan. <laughs> Not even Illidan should be Illidan. 
Anyway. So the point is, over this episode and next episode, we're going to try and talk about some of the uh, more Halloween-y themed decks. Yes. So in this particular case, I think we have to start with the only one that I know was tournament viable. And the reason I know it was tournament viable is because it put me personally into day two. Yes. So uh, if we wind the clock back to not long after Nax Ramos, the raid released, not in the MMO, but in the card game, there was also, well, there was the U.S. Nationals that year. I guess we'll rephrase it. So U.S. Nationals for that year, it's the, unfortunately, Nax Ramos did not have a great lifespan. Basically, Cryptozoic had decided around that time or right afterwards that they were going to introduce what everybody now knows as core and rotate out a bunch of the old sets. So part of that, it took with it a lot of fun cards, specifically ones that made this deck work and a bunch from Max Ramos, so it didn't have a whole lot of time to breathe, but also, you know, all of Scourge War Block, which I kind of get because, let's face it, Scourge War Block kind of defines every format that it's a part of. In every, like, the second you say Scourge War, even in the MMO, in this, in the books, just everything is great at that time period when it comes to Azeroth. I think a lot of people have fond memories of whether it was the card game, whether it was the MMO, whether it was whatever. If it has to do with the Lich King, people liked that era. Which is is really funny to me because the Arthas storyline is so depressing. Like, I don't know, I personally find it depressing. But then again, he's also super badass. Well, he is supposed to be, you know, the fall from grace story. I don't like the fall from grace story. I want people to be happy forever. Anyway, so this particular deck that we're going to talk about is Zombie Go. Now, a lot of people have heard us bring it up before, but the and for all of these ideas, just to preface them, we're going to go over the rough ideas and then talk a little bit about matchups, give you an idea of what the skeleton... <laughs> For the the deck looks like, but not necessarily the specific list. Uh, We can definitely get you lists, though. So, again, hit us up with some feedback if you want to see specific lists for these. Yes. So, Zombie Go basically revolves around three cards. Two are pretty obvious. The third one isn't so obvious in the title of the deck. So, the first one is Phylactery of the Nameless Lich. It's a two-cost item that... When it's in play, at the end of your turn, if you have an unlimited ally in play, so any of those guys that swarm, like Old Orgrimmar Grunts, mm-hmm. uh, Silver Moon Sentinels, or in this case, Ymirheim Chosen Warriors, if you have an unlimited ally in play, at the end of your turn, you can put one from your hand directly into play if it has the same cost or less. Ymirheim Chosen Warriors is a 3-cost 1-5 protector, Scourge ally, that when it comes into play, you can search your deck for a Ymirheim Chosen Warrior and put it directly into your hand. So basically, you go turn 2 Phylactery, turn 3 Zombie, end of turn Zombie for free. Oh, well, play a Zombie, go get a Zombie. Play that Zombie for free at the end of your turn, go Go get get another zombie. Zombie. And then there's an endless chain of Zombies walling up until you do whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. Now, in this case, what you want to do is you want to play Feltrade, which is a card that we've heard a lot about in speaking with Nathan. Yes. So Feltrade, for those of you that don't remember, is a Warlock ability, cost two, 
destroy any number of allies you control. When you do, search your deck for an ally with a cost equal to or less than the combined cost of those that you sacrificed. So in this case, let's say you, you sacrifice... You it gets nuts. Let's say you, you pop three chosen warriors. That's nine. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Blam! Varian Rin. Yeah. So you have a 9-9 nine, nine that's giving your opponent's side of the board at minimum, probably minus four, minus four. Because you have a quest, you have an ally, you have your hero, oh, and you have an equipment. Yeah, and think about how early on that that goes off. Yeah, because remember, it's turn two, <laughs> phylactery, turn, turn three, three. Ymirheim, playing a second one. Then you could either wait and do it on turn five, because you get to play the one for free. Yeah. Or you could hard cast it, and then you're stuck doing a turn five anyway. But a turn five variant is way early. Right? Oh, and you since it only costs two, you could theoretically do something else, too. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I... I remember testing with Husband against this deck, and it was really... It, like, just breaks your heart a couple seconds into it. Now, with that, how early it can That's win. not necessarily... The, I mean, obviously, if you get the chance to go for Varian, you go for Varian. Yeah. But you don't have to. No, you can even pop two and get something lesser, or even pop one and go well, get something you need. think about what the cost for Mirheim. Can you think of a Warlock ally that costs three that you might want to tutor out? I don't know. I'm thinking she is a wonderful woman, um, and she just steals stuff. And that's why we love her, my our dear old Hezzy. Yeah, so Hezriana is a pretty good tutor target. You're essentially playing, you know, seven or eight copies of it, depending on how many fell trades and Hezrianas you run. Yeah. You could tutor out, and the old version used to run Pappy Ironbane, who is a seven cost, two seven protector, but at the end of your turn, you can destroy an ability or an item. I will not lie to you. I totally forgot Peppy Ironbane was even a There's card, a and I remember like loving his like his name. But the point is, is that now the old version was blue, but you could build your deck with tutor targets because you could just fell trade them out because you're feeding the fell trade with the zombies, mm -hmm. and it's once you get the engine going, it's also sort of a card draw engine because if you have say eight of them in your deck, so it's usually three phylacteries, eight zombies. And then four fell trades. As you're searching out the zombies, you are filtering your deck a non... It, like, it's not an insignificant amount. Yeah, you're filtering out things that you want, but you're filtering them out to get things that you want even more. Exactly. So you have a lot of options for what you could do. You could even be cute and then play, like, Sindragosa or something, and then fell trade them all into Cindy. But... <laughs> Generally, you're just yeah, going for yeah. Varian to lock up the game. Now, as we saw with Nathan's deck, the red team can play along too because it would be pretty funny to, to fell trade some zombies into a Mazukan yeah. or a Thrall or a whatever. Now, it just so happened that it was the blue team because you could play concerted efforts. It's a quest that lets you get even cost cards. Fell trade is an even cost. Mm -hmm. It also helped that you dodged picking up things like the zombies or Varian, because you probably don't want to put them in your hand. You want them in your deck to feltrade them out. Yeah. So the deck was very synergistic and built upon itself. And like I said, it catapulted me, I think, just by virtue of confusing people into day two. <laughs> yeah. Because it was not something that people 
expected. And somebody yeah. that we actually had interviewed way back when, Pat Eschke, was one of the people who had created the deck. Yeah, he created it, um, and I think you were playing it the first time that we played him at Gen Con. He goes, I know that. I remember that deck. Well, he sat next to me at when we were registering decks at yeah. Nationals, and he looks over and goes, are you really playing that? And then started laughing, and I'm like, why? Shouldn't I be? He's like, no, that's awesome. <laughs> Which was, it felt really good before yeah. we started. But, so shout out to Pat Eschke, but... um in any case, the, the deck is really fun, and like I said, it can work in either faction because of the way those Scourge heroes work. So there are two types of Scourge heroes. you got your dual heroes, which we'll get to in a minute, and then you have your, we'll call them regular heroes. So in that particular case, we're talking about Dalron the Controller. He's a Warlock one. Mm-hmm. Now, for the most part, it, it's basically you don't get your, and I'm checking my notes real quick if you can hear all the stuff, all the paper shuffling, but basically you don't get the healing classes, so there's not you know a paladin scourge hero. Yeah, kind of makes sense. I right? would. Yeah. I am trying to seek the light that is burning now, my to insides. Be, to be fair, to be <laughs> fair, when they resurrected the four horsemen recently, one of them literally uses all holy magic, which is, and apparently it's excruciating every time she does it. I mean, I would imagine. Like, isn't that the whole point of them, is to burn the Scourge? Well, I mean, that's not the only reason for the Holy Light, although for the Scourge, I'm sure that's what it feels like. Yeah. So you have Ciri and the Bone Carver, who's your Hunter one. Now, all of them can... You basically pick Horde or Alliance when you're building your deck. You can't have both in there, but they can play either faction. So you got Ciri and the Bone Carver, who's the Hunter, on the Controller, who's the Warlock, Thane Ufrang the Mighty, is the Warrior... Protection Warrior, which, real quick, he's obviously... Protection is not necessarily the best spec, but it does get some cool things like Shockwave. Yeah. Which makes it super fun. Um, You get uh, Lightsbane, who's a Frost DK, which, again, unfortunately, not a a, uh, spectacular spec. Uh, Overseer Sovereign, who's the Rogue. Um, Who are we missing? We did Hunter, we did Rogue, we did... DK, uh, I'm missing somebody, but I'm sure it'll come to me in a second. So, point is, is that you can run all of these. Most of them never really made a splash outside of Dalron. One thing that we could probably... Oh, Queen Angerboda, that was the other one. She's a Frost Mage. Okay. I couldn't think of... I had a blank on her. Reason being is because basically none of them made a splash at all. Yeah, for a they while, all have really awesome names, but don't do much that you. They don't do much to give you strength. I guess. Unfortunately, they're not very scary for Halloween. They are. They sound cool. They look cool, but they don't do many cool things. They're the elementary school costumes. So, Searing the Bone Carver, though, I do want to give a special shout out to because of her Baba Ganoush build. Yes. So, Baba Ganoush is not a scourge card. No. He's a zero-cost 5-5, five five. but when he comes out, you have to discard your hand and flip all your quests face down. But he is part of a combo that allows you to get two five-power guys on the board turn mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So you need a whole bunch of, like, wife was alluding to the stars and the planets aligning. You, you kind of need the solstice to make this yeah. happen, because there's no other way. <laughs> no. But you can pop Shade of Arugal into play 
who is, is a Scourge ally. He's a 5-3 with Death Rattle that whenever he hits the yard, you can destroy an unlimited ally you control to put him into play. So basically, you use Baba Ganoush, pitch him, pop your uh, unlimited guy, get them both into play, and then go ham. Yeah. Now, the hilarious part is with that deck, you could also play Shredder, who <laughs> is a prep card, or I forget what the keyword is, but basically, if it's it's like Guardian Plate Bracers. If it's turn one, your turn one, you, gotta play it. you can play them free. Yeah. So you could have 12 power worth of dudes on turn one. Granted, you'll have no hand and only one resource, but your opponent's probably toast. I mean, toast. that would still be, that would be okay. Because then your opponent goes, uh, draw, resource, Jadefire, Scout, go. <laughs> right? You go, all right, smash for 12, <laughs> just get in there. Oh my gosh, yeah. I I love Bob Ganesh for so many different reasons. His subtext, his adorableness, but yeah. I've only seen him work once, though. Well, it which was. Which is one thing. It was an achievement, like a battleground achievement. For um, when the game was still alive, they would give oh, you, yeah. yeah. For those people, you would get familiar. like these. It was so much fun. I'm a big fan of lists, not as much as husband is, but I am a big fan of lists. And you would get like these achievement lists, and then you would, um, anytime you would go to a weekly battleground, you would check off your list, and when you finally did, you got prizes, which was really exciting. Well, it was usually you know whoever completed the most achievements, because you would get points for the achievements, and whoever completed the most would win a playmat. So it would be, you know, one playmat would be for winning the event, and then every month they would give away some based on these things. Because then it encouraged people to make these wacky builds. Yeah, it was like your honor value or something like that, right? Exactly. Because otherwise, you know, they, obviously the incentive is, well, I'll just play whatever wins. But this encourages people to play all these wacky things just to accomplish all these bizarre goals. So... Like I said, I wanted to point those out. Unfortunately, a lot of the other ones... So, Thane Ufrang, like I said, I've tried to make Shockwave-centric builds because just because he's a protection warrior. Um, if you pick one of these, because they can actually use the factioned cards, you could use uh, King Yimaron. So, King Yimaron is another Scourge ally. And also my favorite type of Scourge. Why is that? Because they're Vikings. The Vrykul? Yes. The Vrykul are amazing. The, the pre-humans, basically. <laughs> I, I am okay with it. I love the Vrykul. I remember the first time I walked in on the MMO and found out that they were there, and my heart died. I love Vikings. So, wife, calm down. I can't. Calm down. I'm too excited. So, here's the... Uh, this isn't necessarily a Thane Ufrang build, but here's a Johnny build, if you want it. There's an old card, Silvermoon. Well, we'll start with the Scourge guy, and then we'll get into what he, what you do with him. So, King Yimaron is a 5-cost, five 5-4 five Vrykul Death Knight. Scourge hero required, like all the old Scourge allies, as opposed to the Reign of Fire ones. When this ally enters play, for each unlimited ally you control, you may search your deck for an ally with the same name as that unlimited ally and put it into play. So, basically, you double your forces. Yeah. Immediately. So the idea in most people are going to assume, oh, well, you know, I'll get extra chosen warriors. I'll get, you know, extra gargoyles or whatever. Well, funny story. All of the factions got their primary city guards as unlimited cards way back in the day. So we're talking like oh. through the dark portal 
stuff. I'm seeing where we're going with this. So <laughs> Silvermoon Sentinels is a two-cost, one-two Blood Elf Paladin. When Silvermoon Sentinels enters play, it deals one holy damage to each hero for each ally named Silvermoon Sentinels in your party. Now, here's the thing about WoW. If some cards will see each other when they enter play. Mm -hmm. So each of these is doing extra damage when the other ones come into play. <laughs> So, it's so all you have to do is make sure that you're going to end up one life point ahead of your opponent and then plop a bunch of these in with Yimmeron and then just explode your opponent out of yeah. nowhere. And that's making sure that you're that one point is uh, really important because I do remember somebody trying this in one of our battlegrounds and they had done their math wrong and they died before their opponent. Yeah. So <laughs> that was is, unfortunate. So the, I was wrong. It's actually from Fires of Outland is this one, but I think wow. Orgrimmar Grunts and Thunder Bluff whatevers and, you know, Iron Forge Dwarves or whatever the cards are were from some of the even earlier sets. But in any case, these ones do give you the options if you want to go halfway in. So, you know, you're, you're getting a store-bought costume. I mean, store-bought costumes are okay. But you're not, you know... You're rushed for time. You're not going all in and really, like, making the costume. No, you're not going to be front page um, on the cosplay Reddit. Yeah. So, those decks are definitely fun. As I said, Dalron, right now, is holding the title for the only competitive one that I know of. Moving from there, though, we have five dual heroes, some of the first dual heroes that the game has seen. Yeah, I think I remember everybody being really excited when they first came out um, with the fact that they were both Scourge and dual heroes. Everybody was losing their minds. Now, the problem is, is so again, just to preface everything, these are very solid Tier 2 decks. Yes. They are very good Tier 2 decks, but they are decidedly Tier 2 decks. Yes, they are. So, you can play these, you can build them, but if you try and, as Classic stands today, barring additional bannings, barring new cards, barring whatever, and maybe I'm building these wrong, but they all seem to have a glaring weakness to yeah. what, and it's a, a rotating one, depending on which one we're talking about, but they all have a serious weakness, and it's very difficult to get around it. So, yeah. to get one of them out of the way right off the bat, Zukaraj the Death Seer is the Druid Shaman dual mm -hmm. hero. Now, all of them have a, one half you can use the abilities, one half you can use the equipment, and then you can use any Scourge allies and any Death Knights, even if you mix factions, which is pretty cool. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second, but you don't gain much from that? No. But to get Zukaraja out of the way, you can actually check out our website. Randomsthoughts.wordpress.com One of the first articles that I put up was about Zukaraja, and we actually, I played it again this past year at Gen Con. It could definitely get some slight tweaks, but I think that version of it is as good as it's going to get. There is a Zombie Go version yeah. that you could look into, basically utilizing the same tools we were talking about, but you lose Feltrade. So you you get the Wall of Zombies, but they're not quite as strong when they get run over by Unholy Power demons. Yeah, Unholy Power is definitely a uh, detriment to that deck. So let's talk about the Warriors for a second. So, as we said, they're three cost one five protectors. 
Protectors important because, well, there just aren't that many protectors. No, there really aren't, especially not ones that you see frequently in classics. Yeah, ones that are worthwhile. Yes. So, because it's a 1-5, the 5 health is pretty, or used to be bigger, but is in general pretty big because, hey, it survives a Vakus hit. So you can protect and survive. It's going to trade, unfortunately, but it'll take two turns with a lot of the, well, all the three twos. Mm Mm-hmm. It will basically bounce off at least once on most early game allies up to and including turn four. Like, Death Fears run into it and bounce off. Yeah. And a lot of the classic decks rely on early game allies, so they at least help with clearing the board or providing a bounce factor. Yeah, so it definitely lets you drag the game out from middle, like, early middle to late middle, so mm-hmm. that you can get to wherever you're going, whether it's a fell trade or it's something else. And the fact that they survive is important, obviously, for the fell trade. You don't care about the health as long as they're still on the board. Yeah. The issue really comes in, and this is where we segue into some of the other ones other than Zucaraj. So let's start with, well, the spooky, scary skeleton himself, Turov the Risen. So Turov is the rogue mage. So he gets mage abilities, but rogue equipment. And he looks pretty mean in the artwork, yeah, where he's he looks, just menacing and has a dagger, and it's like, that guy does not have good intentions. He looks like a uh, medieval ghost rider. Sure he does. I mean, he's got, like, kind of the flaming thing going on around him. Anyway. Well, I think really, that's just his, like, cloak or robe know, or what's left the, of it. It's like the way it sticks up, though. It looks like it's supposed to be purple flame. Anyway. So, point is, is that Turov actually is pretty decent, and if it wasn't for a lot of the rotations and things at the time, Turov may have made a splash before yeah. things really started changing. So he gets access to all of your usual mage tools. So we're talking spell suppression, which is super important. We're talking yeah. Taste of the Arcana, also important. Blizzard, uh, I'm running Flame Lance, Mana Sapphires, all these things along these lines because you can't run spec cards. So you can't run Fire Mage Required, Arcane Mage Required, Frost Mage Required, those sort of things. But you can run the generics, and let's let's be honest, the generic mage cards are really good. Yeah, there are some... I mean, Spell Suppression, so we've mentioned it many times before, but you need to be able to answer ongoings, and you need to be able to have early game removal, like turn one removal. Flame Lance, Spell Suppression, there you go. Problem is, is that he does not have, and this is where the glaring weakness part comes in, apparently skeletons don't like werewolves. Um, or aren't liked by werewolves. Well, they're chew toys. Apparently, they dogs chew they're, on bones. They're very good chew toys, so, is really what it comes down to. As you would imagine, Flame Lance, which does three damage, Blizzard, which does non-combat damage, things like Meltdown. The guess puppies what? don't care about that that much. They, they don't they care. They don't. Like, Aberrations, just like, yeah, that's funny, I'm going to chew on your leg. So, there are obviously things you could remove, say, Grumdax. And that's where I was yeah. going with the Chosen Warriors, is that Chosen Warriors get one-shotted by Grumdax, which is a problem. This is true. Uh, for this specific deck, I had originally tried using Strong-Handed Ring, which is, if you have five cards or more in your hand, you have Assault 5. Hey, I'm playing Mage. I draw cards. Oh, and one of the reasons why Turov was going to be a thing was Fellsteel Whisper Knives, which is a card that I would imagine most people don't recognize at first glance. I mean, 
until you had brought it up before, I didn't remember it at all, including the artwork. And I usually remember the artwork first of anything. Well, that was before you really started playing. This so is true. it I mean it it was there, but I don't think it was a thing. So why don't you tell everybody what it does so that we they know right. what we're talking about? So it costs one. Um it's thrown, so it gives you long range, and then at the end of the turn you put it back in your hand, which is really useful. So you throw it, um, it costs one to use, and then it does two damage. So the key part is that it comes down early, it's cheap to use, oh, and it does two damage, which is important for breakpoint purposes, so Rosalind, two health. Yeah. Um, so, like, you can kill Fire a, Scout, two Scout. health. Scout, you can kill a Broderick if you wanted to, you can kill so many things. And the long range is also important because you're not taking damage back, it's not Broderick face checks. Yeah, it's you're just, just a, Okay, eat that guy, it's pay two... Off that little guy. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it goes back into your hand is obviously really useful because then it's not getting destroyed. Well, yeah. Now, in I general, mean, it can be interrupted. Well, but... in general, well, nobody's going to interrupt it, but probably as there are very few people who are going to destroy it anyway. But True. going with the original plan of strong-handed ring, okay, well, I'll just bounce things back to my hand. Worst comes to worst... It also plays well late game because it's, okay, I need a resource. I don't need to be, you know, pinging little guys on turn eight. Or maybe I do, but I'll bounce it. Did, yeah. And then now I have a thing to row. Yeah. So you could turn around and row it later on. It fulfills a lot of purposes. Now, it's especially important in the werewolf matchup. Like, an, you have to mulligan for this card. Yeah, because that's the only way you're going to deal with the werewolves. I, I love the werewolves, but... They don't have that much health because they don't need it. They have to have some type of weakness exactly. to aberration. Now, the the way I have been filling out the deck, and there's a few different ways, and we'll segue into our Death Knights in a second. I've actually been a big fan of Frostfire Bolt, which is kind of... I don't even know if it was a draft all-star. Probably chaff even in draft, but it's from World Breaker. It's an uncommon. It's a two-cost instant. Your hero deals two unpreventable Frostfire damage to target ally. That ally, or this turn, an ally dealt damage this way can't attack or exhaust and loses and can't have powers. Hmm. So basically, instant speed, no matter what that thing is, it's taken to and you turn off its powers. Get that thing out of here or so help me. Which is important, obviously, for werewolves because it could actually address werewolves. Yeah. It's an instant, so all those off-the-top things, even a gigantic avatar of the wild, it buys you a turn. Yeah. It now, that's something you really need is a way to deal with the rips, especially in werewolves. And that's that's part of the problem with this deck is that werewolves top deck so well, and the way your answers line up, you're in an awkward position. As compared to, say, when you're playing against Tyrus, and as I said before, a lot of these Scourge decks line up well against one, but fail against the other. So in this case, Turov lines up real well against Tyrus because... Hey, I have a lot of efficient, low-cost removal. I have repeatable removal. I have a generic answer to unholy power. And I'll just win the long game. Like, I yeah. can outlast you. Yeah, I really can. Like, Tyrus has so many great early plays and even some great middle plays. But if you can stall in Tyrus, they're done. And this is a wonderful way to stall. Now, the problem is, as we said, with werewolves, because of the way the threats line up against your answers, you almost can't win that matchup. Yeah. 
It's virtually unwinnable on the draw. I've been trying a bunch of different configurations. It's gotten better, but it's still not great. So it's something that I want to keep working on. But one of the ways that you could improve it is by including more Death Knights. So the version that I'm literally holding in my hand right now has very few allies. Daydak is basically the only one alongside Anubarak. But there are actually some decent Death Knights. Now, this is a conversation wife and I were having that, not to spoil our future episode, but there's an old hero called Zia. Mm -hmm. Now, Zia is actually a succubus. It's an old uh, gold-bordered demon hero from the Hunt for Illidan block or, or Servants of Betrayer block, whatever it was. I don't actually know. But it was Zia, Queen of Suffering. Now, in her case, I won't go through all her deck-building stuff, but the part I want to focus on is you can use any allies with the ally-type warlock. Yeah, which is... so. I, there are so many good warlocks. Like Yeah, you would think that. I, I feel you like would, there are good warlocks. You would think there are a lot of good warlocks. Now, she has a special thing, so you can't use Death Fear. So, okay. yeah. so stuff like Death Fear, where it's whatever required, out. But... Warlocks have been there since the beginning of the game. They've been there since the beginning of the MMO, beginning of the game. Right? Yeah. There are a lot of warlocks. Like, quantity-wise. Okay, there are a lot of warlocks. You're going to put the, the kibosh not, on the word good, aren't the, you? Exactly. There are not actually... And it's funny, if you look at ally breakdowns, you know, you look at how many are, quote-unquote, tier one allies for any given strategy. They yeah. are few and far between. A lot of I decks mean, overlap with the same exact allies. You're, now you're messing me up mentally because I'm trying to think of all my warlocks from uh, my Bogmara. And you're right, it's the same ones that every... You're making me feel a little insecure. I but feel a little attacked. Here's my point. Here's my point. So, I mean, we'll get to the, the warlock thing next time when we talk yeah. about the demon heroes. But, warlocks have been there since the beginning. They had like a nine or ten set head start on Death Knights. Mm -hmm. You can only use Death Knights and Scourge Allies. Scourge Allies, there's literally like a dozen. Yeah. Total. Is... There are not that many Death Knights. Basically, here's your list. One drops. Gardos Grave Fang. Mm -hmm. Done. Two drops. Cracks Grave Steel. Most people probably don't even know what that card is. Yeah. Three drops. Zilch. <laughs> no, you have Vanessa Fairgraves, but the problem is, is I don't know if she's actually that good in Classic. The problem is, is she doesn't do anything when she hits the board. She might trade with something, but she's a little undersized because she's technically a 6-6. Six, six. Mm -hmm. um, four drops. Daydak. I mean... Pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, Daydak... I personally, I feel like Daydak is strong enough to justify himself, but you're right. It's not, that's not enough to well, really figure it out. There are a couple other role players that may show up. So, for example, at five, you get Alathar the Blight Spreader, who is another one that people probably don't recognize. He's, I think he's from Reign of Fire. He's a five cost, three, two, Night Elf Death Knight that has haste too. Haste is whenever one of your allies damages your opponent you can reduce his cost by that much. So in other words, or maybe he has haste three. Yeah, because I think he becomes a two drop. So 
his extra powers, he can be played from the graveyard. Okay. So you could haste him into play and repeatedly play him. There's potential there, but it's a lot of hoops to jump through for just a plain old 3-2. Yeah. So, bottom line is that there are a couple other ones like Malar Silverfrost, uh, Zintix, um, you could make a case for Deathlord Jones, or um, Emilia Darkhand, or, you know, a, there's there are a couple of oddball ones, but for the most part, you're very, very limited. Now, the ones that I named at the beginning... Gardos cracks Daydak, really strong, and probably yeah. because Gardos was the Broderick killer, not that he actually was. Cracks uh, is one of your few options to be a two for one, mm -hmm. since when he dies, he can give something minus two health. So you could run it into their Bazul and kill their Jade Fire Scout as well. Yeah, for example, since it's minus two health, it also deals with werewolves. So that's where it circles back. If you want to go a more ally heavy Turok build then you could potentially pick up these Death Knights, maybe throw in a couple of Scourge allies, actual Scourge allies, mm -hmm. and there might be something there. Yeah, but yeah. that's then you have to figure out how you're going to do the rest of the deck. Well, right there, let's say you ran four Grade... Excuse me, four Gardos, four Cracks, four Daydak, and three Vanessa. That's a quarter of your deck already. Yeah. And it's not, like, hugely exciting, simply due to the existence of Hezriana. Yeah. If you Hezriana any of those, and you were counting on the effect, you just had a very bad time. Yeah. Uh, a very, very bad time. Um, like we've said, Hezriana is super strong, and this is a deck where she really shows her strength. Well, against something against, like this, yeah, if you go this like route. This. So, you can make it work, but like I said, you're going to have to accept, unfortunately, some bad matchups, unless you start going weird routes. Now, you probably, if you're playing a Scourge hero, want to build up to, you know, the Lich King. I mean, does everybody want to? The problem is, is that if you are expending resources to play a 2-1 for 1, mm -hmm. that's not a card that you could row later. So it makes it this, this awkward tension of the Lich King costs 11. He's so expensive. And he doesn't necessarily lock up the game immediately. Now, he probably does. Yeah. I, like, I mean, he does, he does a pretty good job You're, of... He at least puts you in the cell. He may not return the key, but he puts you in the cell. But the problem is, is that on turn 11, if you're not already... He, he's verging on win more in Classic, I think, because yeah. you give your opponent about a two-turn window. M probably one, maybe two turns, where they could just get there if you yeah. didn't wipe their board enough. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the problem is is that you basically anything in that slot could take the game. Or if you made yeah, it to turn if, 11, you probably you should have already it, won. Yeah, if you make it to turn 11 right now, the way Classic is, you, you, the game is over one way or another. Like, everything's really been so fast, so if you can hold out till turn 11, and you're like turning them off and turning them off, then yeah, you're probably going to win with or without the Lich King. Now, the good news is is that if you get there, it's really fun to recur things like Daydak, because it's yeah. a May. You don't have to eternal him back into the deck. So you could just Daydax forever. Ever and, and ever. ever and ever. And then, of course, you get your opponent's stuff, too, if they have any allies. But, as I found out at Gen Con, 
He isn't quite as effective if your opponent runs zero allies. Yeah, um, then you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. So moving on from there, it, that's a couple ideas for Turov. If you move into a Skalti, who was one of the other ones alongside Delron who got a lot of attention, a Skalti is the warlock warrior one. She's, she's a Valkyr, or a Valkyrie, <laughs> since you're all on your Viking kick. Hey, you know, Valkyrie are also incredible. And, um, yeah. So, her flip, and in general, most of the flips for the Scourge heroes, the dual heroes, are, well, all the Scourge heroes at all, let's go that far, they're pretty much irrelevant. Mm -hmm. They almost never get activated. It's really hard because there are few Scourge allies that are worth anything. So, we already talked about Chosen Warriors, Anubarak, and... I was going to say some of the other new Scourge allies, but for the most part, they're all garbage as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. They're, they're great and limited. I've actually looked at Abomination because it's a 2-5 for 4, and it's a protector, that also can heal itself, but I don't think the heal is ever really going to matter. Yeah, how much does he heal? He heals, he heals for 2, for but two. he does it automatically, and it removes and it's any card, so it doesn't have to be an ally. Mm -hmm. So... We've talked before about how Classic cares what cards are in the graveyard. Yeah. You could play an Abomination, soak up, say, a 3-2, so you have 3 damage on you, heal back down to 1, soak up another 3-2, heal yeah. back down to 3... So, theoretically, it could work. What's actually going to happen is your opponent's just going to nail it with Grumdak, and you're just going to be super upset. Yeah, pretty much. But, anyway, point is, is that... Yes, you could play into the Scourge Hero flips. It's probably not worth your time in most cases. Mm -hmm. But a Scalties is one of the ones where it could be relevant because she gives an ally plus one, minus one. Yeah. So there are scenarios, edge cases, where it matters. But really, a Scalti, similar to Turov, fulfills a lot of the, the axiomatic rules that we have in testing Classic. For example... She has multiple ways on turn one to deal with opposing two health allies. Yeah, so she has Drain Soul. So you uh, cost one, deals two shadow damage to target ally, and heals two damage from itself, your hero. Which, although it's damage, so you have a werewolf yeah. problem. But when werewolf combined... issue, but, um, but then you also have Gardos Greyfang. So between the two, you essentially have your eight yeah. turn one answers. Um, now beyond that, since she can play Warlock Pets... She gets her Hezzy. Yep. And as we were talking about, this is a deck that was intended to, or at least the iterations I've seen and I've been working on, wants to go late, wants to hit that Lich King, because then whether you're recurring Daydax, whether you're recurring Cracks, whether you're recurring Hezriana, any of those you're going to feel good about yeah. every time you bring them back. Pretty much. And you can just keep flinging them into whatever <laughs> left your opponent has left because they're just getting yeah, back. Yeah, they're just going to come turn. right back. It's fine. So They are the, the epitome of Scourge. They die and then they come back. And, and then you repeat the process. Yep. One of the other turn one, air quotes, turn one plays is Guardian Plate Bracers. Yeah, so, well, I mean... Quote unquote turn one. Yes. So um, if you have it in your hand, uh, they have preparation. So on your turn one, you can play it for free, which is really nice um, because it blocks three damage, which is in this format, that's the first three damage each turn is really important. Well, it effectively eliminates 
their turn one play. It doesn't yeah. actually remove it, but it nullifies one of their plays. It's functioning as pseudo-removal. You'll just lock yeah. it down forever. So that is incredibly important for buying you time. So moving from there, one of the other rules that we always have for Classic is, again, dealing with ongoing abilities. Yeah, and because she's a warlock, she gets banished. She gets to banish things to the nether, which is something... I have found more recently that I'm coming to respect Banish a lot more than I used to, and it's just so useful for those ongoing abilities. Just turn it off. Well, it also, it's a, because it's ability ally or equipment in a pinch, okay, well, they're not playing Tyrus, I don't have to worry about a holy power, or they are, but I'm about to die, I'll just get rid of whatever is, is bothering me right now, at mm-hmm. least for a little while until they banish your Banish. <laughs> uh which I have seen. Yeah, so one of the other things that I've been including, and this goes for all of the Scourge decks, is Talisman of the Horde, specifically over Talisman of the Alliance, and there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. and that's Unholy Power. Yeah. So both Talismans, usable by any of the, the normal classes, uh, well, in this case, they actually can't get used by Death Knights, technically, because this was before Death Knights existed. Okay. But they're three costs. You exhaust and destroy them. For the Horde version, you destroy all abilities and equipment that have or share the highest cost among abilities and equipment in play. So Banish is three. Unholy Power is four. You can pop it and off and preemptively play it if you have to to mm-hmm. pop their uh, Unholy Power. The Alliance one is the lowest cost, so obviously those miniature voodoo masks could protect their Unholy Power. Yeah. So that's why I always prefer that. And you're, the obvious question is, oh, well, it's a Horde card. How come you can run it? Because it's a class card, it fits one of the inclusions, so you're allowed to run it. Yeah. It's, it was stolen from the Horde, not necessarily used by the Horde. Yes. So I like the Escalti deck. Compared to the Turov deck, it kind of has the flip problem. Where yeah. it kind of beats up on werewolves, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Because... Or, like we said before, they don't have much health, so giving them minus one health is a big deal. Well, even without the flip, because like we said, there's there's not many Scourge allies that you're going to be running. There aren't many in this deck. But because you are leaning into the allies, the Death Knights, mm-hmm. you can fight for control of the board. You have Hezriana, who gives them, you know, it's a two-ally swing, minus one them, plus one you. And then eventually, you just lock down the board. The problem is against Tyrus, because you're so heavily reliant on Daydak for those health gains, yeah, you almost have to row him every time because of the threat of Hezriana. Mm-hmm. And you have really clunky answers to their unholy power. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you can do it, but you gotta be lucky. And I, the biggest issue with Tyrus is you really need to deal with that unholy power as soon as humanly possible. Exactly. And you... So, yes, you could preemptively play a talisman, but then you expose it to banish. hmm You could banish their unholy power, but then they can banish it back. Yeah. And the issue is that you don't really have a whole lot of great answers. If you want to go into card draw, you're probably running Bloody Ritual, which is putting four damage on you, meaning they only need 11 to flip. Yeah. This is a deck that doesn't top deck super well because, for example, multiple Guardian Plate Bracers feel bad. Yeah. Uh, You could hit multiple other things. Like, if you hit multiple Bloody Rituals, you're going to feel bad. Mm -hmm. 
you could hit Anubaraks or Lich Kings way before you want them and feel bad. Yeah, I think every time I've played this game, I drew a, like, I think it was like Anubarak, and I was like, oh, I'll mulligan and see if I can get rid of him. Oh, hey, I draw a Lich King. There's my opening hand. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'll draw both Lich Kings. Womp womp. Yeah. Now, you do get some cool options for on both the equipment sides. You could run things like Edge of Oblivion. You could run Frostmourne. You could run Shadowmourne. You could run Shalak Doom. Unfortunately, warriors can't use Phylactery the name of Lich, or otherwise it would be mm-hmm. really cool to that would be go fun. zombie go into <laughs> Shalak Doom to be able to make giant Shalak. But yeah. you don't have that option. So, unfortunately, Ascalti is faltering a little bit, but it is something I want to continue to work on. Yeah, it's it's a fun deck. Um, tier two wise, it's definitely a fun deck to play, and it's a fun deck to watch as she continues to murderize faces. So, moving from there, we have a couple others. So we have Vorath and we have Kajaran. So Vorath is a Death Knight priest. So it's a vampire elf. It's what <laughs> it's what the elves became when they were scourged. Yeah. So. It's a sand lane, I think is how you say it. Uh, I don't actually I'm know how to say it. I'm going to go with shore. But anyway, again, mostly irrelevant flip, although if you can get it off, sometimes it'll work. What I had built him as way back when was actually a disease-focused deck. So because you're a priest, you get access to a lot of things that boost abilities. And since priests already had a dot-themed, mm-hmm. or were dot-themed because of shadow specs it kind of lends itself to, to improving that play style. So you can play, you know, all the usual diseases. You can play Death and Decay. Oh, and you get Army and Despair of Winter. Mm-hmm. So you could basically play Allyless, play all of these things, and then get access to potentially three different board clears. You get Army of the Dead at six, you get Despair of Winter at five, and you get Outbreak at four. Yeah, I mean, having those would feel really good when you need them. So, out, think about this. Outbreak, if you played a three... Because it's based on the cost. It's a four cost. You give all opposing allies minus X minus X until end of turn based on the cost of a disease you control. So, if you went turn one disease, turn two disease, turn three disease, or even just turn three disease, you could outbreak for three, and that's pretty much going to wipe the board of literally everything. Yeah. Now I really want to play diseases. <laughs> Then on turn, if you have to, the next turn you can despair, and then the next turn you can army. Now, right. if you're armying, probably only for one at that point, but whatever. Yeah. Point is, is that you have a lot of board clears. You can keep the board clean. You're not going to hit yourself. Oh, and you meet our rules of early game removal because you get things like Frozen Core. Mm-hmm. You could still play your Death Knights if you wanted to. The issue here is you don't have a lot of great ways to deal with ongoing abilities. So yeah. if that unholy power lands... It's probably going to stay. Now, you could do jankier things that really aren't going to (laughs) work, but we have to throw them out there. You could play, for example, one of my favorite cards, Twilight's Hammer. Yes. So Twilight's Hammer is seven cost. It's a hammer. (laughs) You exhaust it, destroy a card type you control, so ally equipment, whatever. You then get one of your opponents. Yeah. So... You could pop one of your diseases, take their thing. So, I mean, it's like a a tricked-out Hezriana for craziness. Yeah, and it's repeatable. Now, the, the obvious problem is beyond that, you're, you're exceptionally... So, yes, you get Miniature Voodoo Mask. 
Miniature voodoo mask is three or less, so you're not going to ever get to tag on holy power. So mm-hmm. it makes it really awkward very quickly. Yeah. But you do get to do cool stuff. Like, you get a tutor because Chains of Ice is pay two, attach it to an opposing ally. They can't attack. Search your deck for a disease. Put it into your hand. You... Yeah, and <coughs> tutoring, especially in classic, seems pretty strong right now. This because finding any answer immediately really helps. And it also, the way I had it constructed way back when was, you get access to all those quests such as Seeds of the Lashers, which lets you exhaust cards to complete it. So Seeds of the Lashers is, is exhaust seven cards, but your hero is card, so it immediately mm-hmm. costs six. Now, granted, paying six to draw two is not great, but you could exhaust your diseases. Okay. So you have these odd options, we'll call them odd, that you could go through and find these things to add to the deck that'll help it. And so it lets you still advance your board. Even moving beyond those, you have options such as Blood Surge, Kel'Thuzad's Bleed of Agony, which is probably... <laughs> card I haven't heard of in a while. Well, in this particular case, it doesn't work here since it's not technically available to priests, but the effect is, in this case, once per turn, put two damage on your hero. If you would do magical damage, it does two extra. So you want to look for those sort of effects that will boost the various diseases and dots that you're putting on your opponent. Mm -hmm. Again, that doesn't work for this one just because it's only available to mages, paladins, ironically, and warlocks, but it is something that you know, you could, those sort of oddball things like we were talking about that you could find. Going back to, going back briefly to Escalti, you could run things like, um, it's Kazrigal's Shield of something or other, but basically it makes all your opponent's guys come into play exhausted. Okay. So it shuts off ferocity, essentially. That's really nice. Um, you could run Mask of Death. You could run Amani Mask of Death. So you could also run Signet of the Impregnable Fortress. It's a five-cost ring. Heroes and allies you control have Protector. No one cares about that part. But each opposing hero and ally has minus two attack on its controller's turn. So think about it if... So the card is one that I've been meaning to play. It, It unfortunately doesn't actually remove their stuff. So if you play it, you could still be in a bad spot if they can address it. But powering down all of their things by two is huge. Mm-hmm. A lot of allies end up with just straight up zero attack at that point. Yeah. And it's, especially with what the meta is right now, I'm thinking almost everything ends up with nothing or very close to nothing. Well, the the math changes so much when everything scales down like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something to consider. It's a really cool card, but... We'll have to see. So, anyway, that was just a brief diversion back to Escalti. But, beyond that, so we, uh, we've we covered Turov. We've talked briefly about Zucaraj. We talked about Escalti. We talked about Bloodlord Vorath, who also can re- run Phylactery of the Nameless Lich. Yes. So, if you want to play Zombie Go, and you want to power out a bunch of zombies and then turn them into ghouls, that is an option. <laughs> it is. Because you could army your own team. That would be insane. Uh, aside from that, our last surge hero is Kajaran. Now, Kajaran is, uh, yeah, he he's of the five. I don't want to say the weakest one, because he definitely, 
because of the classes that he is, has access to some incredibly powerful cards, but he is also attached to, arguably, the worst class, Hunters. Yeah. So he's the Hunter Paladin. So, like, thematically, it's pretty interesting. In actuality, it's lackluster? Well, it, it definitely feels as though, from a theme perspective, he probably was one of the last ones. Yeah. Now, it was probably always going to be Hunter plus some plate class, because he's a Vrykul. Mm-hmm. So it's a big Hunter Viking that basically is, I'm a hunter in the sense that I'm bigger than the bear, so I just club it to death. <laughs> it's not uh, like, uh, I'm, yeah. it's not I'm setting traps. Yeah, it's it's not, not I'm, you I'm know, stalking something. I'm just no, I'm just literally it. going toe-to-toe and punching a bear in the neck. Yeah. So... Kajaran, I think it's Kajaran the Callus. But anyway, again, Flip, mostly irrelevant. You're mm-hmm. playing him because of the unique combination of allies and the unique combination of class cards. Of the things that he can get, let's talk about interesting things that Kajaran can get. Voice of Reason. Okay, I can see that. So Voice of Reason, for those of you that can't remember, is a three-cost shield. That for every five damage, it has a thing where you can get protector, but again, nobody cares about that part. The part that's important is for every five damage you have on you, you get an instance of mend two. Yeah. And it's so freaking irritating to play against. It makes you virtually immortal. Yeah. Because at five damage, you heal two every turn, whether it's off of you or your guys. Yeah. At ten damage, you heal four. At 15 damage, you heal six. Etc. It's so annoying. And because it doesn't sound like it's, oh, well, you have 15 damage on, you heal 6, you go back down to 9. It doesn't stop. Oh, and it's a shield with 2 armor, so it can prevent damage. It really elongates games. Yeah, it makes it go forever. So here are other interesting things that he can run. Explosive Trap. Okay. Um, Yeah, Explosive Trap does pretty good with the clear... So you you just say, okay, well, that guy that's attacking me, he's toast. Oh, and the rest of your team, locked down. So on my turn, when I heal for that six, <laughs> yeah, I didn't take any extra. Plus, because it's a trap, if you build it so that you don't have other allies, or if your opponent just chooses to attack you, you can still advance your board. You could still say quest at the end of their turn because you're exhausting your hero to pay for the trap. Mm-hmm. You could play Noxious Trap. Who, both of those make an appearance in Jasani lists. Yeah. So you can ready three, if you kill somebody with a Noxious Trap, it deals three damage. You can ready up to three resources. Again, you deal with their threat, then get to quest. Yeah. Which, given the combination of classes, because of your card draw options, which are virtually none, that's super important. Yeah. Speaking of card draw options, I personally love the card Leg Plates of the Endless Void. Yes, you do. So, it's a four-cost leg armor, which is a good slot because there are very few good leg armors. It gives you three armor, which is a a decent amount. You can exhaust it, put three damage on your hero, draw a card. It also has death rattle, put three damage on your hero, draw a card. Mm -hmm. So, there are a number of different ways that you can use it to draw cards. Combined with Voice of Reason, you can really level and leverage your life total to keep feeding yourself cards. That all sounds great until you get to the part where you can't remove unholy power. Yeah. You can't. There's 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 almost nothing. You could you could snipe it, you could bombard it, but if it actually hits the if board. If it hits, you're done. 
You have virtually... You could disrupt things, shot it. There's, mm-hmm. it hunters do get an interrupt. They get a few, but this, the other ones are spec cards. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, what are you going to do? Wait till turn 7 and Gin Rocket? There's, or, yeah. well, play Gin Rocket and then turn 8? Yeah, if they're playing... They're, if they're playing it correctly, you're not making it till turn 7. You could, you know, play Twilight's Hammer like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be garbage. Yeah. Uh, you could Wall of Terror, which is a card that probably no one... Everybody stop and go look that card up. Yeah. It's not very good. No. But you could... Um, again, you're basically stuck with Talisman of the Horde, which I'm just never excited about. It's, it's it's so awkward at three that like okay well I destroy it but the damage is already done yeah it's happened it's in the past it you're they're probably flipped from having played it mm-hmm. the unholy power that is and as a result what what are you gonna do at that point you don't well you do have options so here's a weird option and that weird is how you have to think with these decks. Because of the combinations, you really have to sit down and look at all of the card pool that you have available to you. One of them is Choker of Vile Intent. What? So this is a card that I found only recently. It's a rare from Servants of, of the Betrayer. Okay. Three cost neck. Okay. Already we're talking weird. How many yeah. neck pieces do you see typically? I Very, very few. So it's available to Druids, Hunters... Paladins, Rogues, Shamans, and Warriors. So you're missing Mage, Priest, Warlock. Yeah. So everybody but Clothies. At the start of your turn, you may destroy an ability, ally, or equipment you control. If you do, each opponent chooses a card of that kind. Or if you do, each opponent destroys a card of that kind he controls. Okay. So basically, if you... just need them to only have Unholy Power out. Well, there really aren't very many other ongoings. This is true. I mean, yes, there's Banished to the Nether, which, in which case, well, we're, we're really scraping the barrel here. We like, we're just looking for anything. And it necessitates that you have an ongoing out, A, and B, you're willing to pop. Mm-hmm. In a hunter-paladin list. This is true. So we're really, really, like, yeah, super. whatever options we have. So you really want to snipe it, bombard it, whatever you got to do. Now, you can play Hunter Pets, so you do get a lot of options on that end. You could play Boomer. You could play Buzz for equipment. You could, um, there's that Cobra that lets you destroy things that are cost four or more, but it costs six, so you're probably dead by that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could play Bonsai if you really wanted to. (laughs) You know, you could play, I really want to play Dundee, because I feel like, a, although they, they're Vikings and they live in Northrend, I feel like a Crocolisk is an appropriate pet. Yeah, I think you might be right. <laughs> but there's, and it goes right back to what we started with, with Turov and Ascalti. Unfortunately, you're, okay, you'll line up decent against, say, werewolves. Because you have Voice of Reason and they don't really have a good way to deal with it. You have these removals that can just pop their guys. But then you line up against Unholy Power and you just roll over and croak. Yeah. It's... Like you said, there's so many, like, one weakness that destroys it so quickly. 
And that's why we're saying these are tier twos. So we obviously did not cover every card. We didn't cover every list in detail. We want to leave something up to the imagination. Yes. But if people do want to see the list or, you know, some of the lists or any other details about it, definitely hit us up. We'll either post them on the website, Facebook, whatever, or definitely share your own Scourge list. Yeah, guys, get into the theme of the month. Show, share your Scourge. Channel your inner uh, inner Scourge heroes, inner zombies, inner skeleton. Are skeletons that reanimate, are they considered zombies? Because they are reanimated bodies. Yeah, but zombie isn't like a generic for reanimated bodies. It's to, it's a specific thing where there's still flesh. I guess. Anyway, Which, your... as an aside, <laughs> so fun fact: I think the only card that has the ally type zombie is Plague Eruptor. Mm. Ghouls are their own thing. Like ghouls are yeah. a subset of undead. They are not technically zombies. Plague Eruptors literally have the ally type zombie on them. I mean, you know, you have to have those subtle differences in your undead characters. As opposed to Turov, who I apparently put in the wrong deck box as I'm trying to pack this stuff up since we're closing up the recording. But Turov actually has his Scourge Hero skeleton. I mean, you know what? I'm guessing that Arthas just really likes his classification modes, and that's how that comes out. Well, I mean, you have... I really want a Lich Hero. Like, an actual Lich Hero, not just the Master Hero. Yeah. Have it. It would be fun to have actual Lich. For the love of God, I want Errata the Lich King to be a Scourge, so that you yeah. can actually run, you know, the Scourge allies that say Scourge Hero required with the Lich King, the hero. Yeah. I know, I've heard this rant almost every one of no, the but, pilot. But oh, seriously, no, it's on topic. It's on topic. It is it's on topic. topic, wife. For once, for once, this rant is on topic. This so, rant happens seriously, every couple weeks. The Lich King, it, but it's actually important from a gameplay perspective, in all seriousness, that the Lich King, the monster hero, Death Knight, you can run, you know, you could be Blood, Frost, Unholy. Yeah. Right now, you, there is no way to run... The, like, the only Death Knight Scourge hero that can run, well, the only actual Death Knight Scourge hero is Frost. There's no Unholy. There's no Blood. You literally cannot run those specs. Yeah. So it would be nice if he was Scourge instead of Spirit, or at least Scourge Spirit or something, and then that way you can, if you really wanted to build... The Lich King as the Lich King, the, the Ner'zhul Lich King, you could do these things. Yeah, so if um, anyone ever wants to do an errata and give husband permission, you already know his deck. Congratulations. Um, but yeah, there's lots of fun things to do with Halloween. There's lots of fun things to do with the undead. Let us know if you've ever had any fun interactions with those frozen terrors of the North. But other than that, I'm Wife. I'm Husband. Join us next time for more Random Thoughts. So for all other things Random Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random Thoughts. Or find us on Twitter at RandThoughtPod. That's at 
at R-A-N-D Thought Pod. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at Podcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.